TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Movement Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey, hey there, lovely listeners. Thank you for tuning in today to Wellness Room Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And as always, a very big thank you for being part of our world of uh, podcast listening. I know there's a million out there right now and uh, it can be so tempting to jump around and find new ones. So those ladies that uh, are tuning in each week, we love your, your, I guess, your gift of listening to us. Thank you very much because uh, we do put a lot of work into bringing these episodes, don't we, Andy? And I think it's nice to know that yeah. uh, that people get benefit from it. So thank you for the lovely feedback and uh, the questions. I think, we put, I think we put in a lot of work. Um, and just while, while we're on that note, hey, ladies, Please don't forget to follow us on social media. So uh, mm. we are the Wellness Women official at Insta- on Instagram mm. uh, and then on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Wellness Women. Um, Ashley is uh, at Dr. Ashley Bond on Instagram and Facebook and I am the Period Whisperer on Facebook and drandrea.xo on Instagram. We would love for you to follow us. And just while you're on your device there, can you please open your podcast app or whatever it is that you're listening to us? Make sure you've subscribed. And if you can, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Leave a little comment about what you love about the podcast. We've been doing this for almost going on four years now, um, totally for free. We don't get any kickbacks for this. Um, so we would just love you to tell us that you love us because that's good for our ego and our dopamine and <laughs> all sorts of things. Um, anyway. uh, but anyway, I mean, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, but at the same time, it, uh, we do it for love anyway. So I think uh, I definitely don't look for five stars to make sure I feel good about myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Our self-esteem, I think, can survive that. But if you feel that we deserve five-star rating, we would so love you to give us one um, because that really does help 
um, the ratings, but more so it helps us get that message out to other women as well who really need that this information that we are, um, you know, spending a lot of time creating. And the good thing is, is that uh, we've always had like pretty awesome ratings as well, Ash. Like we're always in, you know, the top kind of 20 um, in iTunes in the health podcast for yeah. the entire world, which is, which awesome. is pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so I that's know. a little uh, shameless plug there, but that's fine because <laughs> you know what? It's uh, all about saving you ladies listening. So thank you so much for uh, joining us, as we said. And look, today is a bit of fun because um, I think this came out of a, a listener question, didn't it, Andy? We were going to do an inner spotlight because um, we usually throw on the front end here, you know, just a quick five minutes snap review of a question for people to answer but uh today we'll in the spotlight end up going we can do a whole episode on that uh, so this comes from sarah she is from california in the u.s and she wants to know about intermittent fasting so is it a good idea is it a bad idea does it affect your hormones um what is the best time window and should she do it every day um that is such a good question such a loaded question and it was definitely something that we knew we couldn't just cover in a little in the spotlight segment so we uh, you know without further ado let us introduce you to our podcast for this week and we are absolutely beginning be covering intermittent fasting today and just look to i guess to you know beginner's guide to intermittent fasting we're just talking about um, intermittent fasting is not specifically a diet it's simply a pattern of eating and so this is where you know some people think oh it's, a, it's that diet and i'm like no no it's just a pattern of eating it's just telling you actually when you eat um and interestingly it doesn't specify how you eat so this is where i guess the pros and cons come into it don't they andrea that uh it's certainly a great great way of eating if you're still choosing whole sort of healthful foods but i certainly know people who can intermittent fast and eat so much crap and you think hey what Wait a sec, that doesn't sound like it's going to work out for you. Um, so we'll talk today about some of the pros and cons and, you know, how you can do it well, some of the, you know, pitfalls, some of the mistakes you might make unintentionally and how you can avoid those. Um, and, of course, some of the things that you'll uh, – the physiologically, some of the things your body's actually going to go through, what fasting does, why it does it, and uh, some of the kickbacks, you know, in terms of long-term health and, and well-being. So I think it's pretty interesting because this really came into the spotlight around 2012 when Dr. Michael Mosley did uh, his documentary or movie documentary. Um, and this was all about looking at the – documentary called Eat Fast, Live Longer. And of course, there's a throw, mm -hmm. throw on to a book, which was The Fast Diet. So I know a lot of people who had this Fast Diet book. Um, and then it moved a little further into The Five and Two Diet. And that came through from uh, journalist Kate Harrison's book. Um, mm -hmm. And then from there, I think we had an Amazon bestseller, which I think, ladies, you might have on your shelf, um, Dr. Jason Fong, and he had the obesity code. And I know that one was really popular because as soon as you start saying like the obesity code, wow, can we crack it? Um, it's certainly enticing and certainly got uh, that, oh, that's that buzz and vibe. It's very trending. So, um, you know, I haven't heard of that one though. Maybe oh. I'm just behind the times. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing with those is that they all help to highlight uh, some things that, you know, historically has been done for, for throughout humanity, um, particularly all major religions, religions have periods of fasting, not necessarily intermittent fasting, but fasting as a principle. And it comes into things like Christianity through the process of Lent. Um, it comes into Islam through Ramadan and some other mm -hmm. days of religious uh, special occasion. And, you know, in Judaism, it's throughout, you know, culture and society, which I think is so interesting. And that was more from mm -hmm. the, the context of, you know, enhancing spirituality, enhancing connection to God or, you know, to, to higher being um, and learning self-control and, you know, there are a lot of other, you know, purposes to it. 
Um, but, you know, obviously for modern times, these uh, books that have been written are specifically geared towards people who most of the time want to lose weight. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And animals also do this in nature all the time. So mm. it's very normal for animals to have cyclical eating um, and to also go for prolonged fasting periods as well. Um, however, prolonged fasting is not necessarily what we mean when we're talking about intermittent fasting um, yes. or, you know, time-restricted eating. Um, I think that the term of intermittent fasting um, now has almost become um, just an umbrella term for so many different types of, of eating and timing as well. And we'll go into that in a second. Um, but the premise behind intermittent fasting ties into a lot to do with our body's circadian rhythm. Um, so just like we have, you know, cortisol that wakes us up in the morning, um, you know, that's a hormone that's like, you know, us getting up and going and it peaks naturally between 6 and 8 a.m. And then when it comes to the evening, uh, when things are slowing down, um, the light should be low, we're getting sleepy, it's nighttime, our melatonin hormones are kicking in. So just like we had that circadian rhythm, our metabolism also has this and works best when we eat at our most kind of metabolically active times as well. Um, and I think uh, Dr. Sachin Panda, who does a lot of work on circadian rhythms, talks a bit about how our metabolism is actually activated by that first food intake as well. So the timing around that is really important. Um, so our body does have this natural metabolic window. Um, and maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. But Ash, let's talk about um, the with time-restricted eating, what are the options? Oh, absolutely. And look, there's a lot out there. You'll see a lot of different titles in books and things like that. I think most people are quite familiar um, with the five and two method. And that's mm -hmm. essentially when you can eat normally for five days in the week. Um, and then for two days, you're actually doing a, a form of fasting, which is keeping the calorie total below five or 600 calories, depending on which mm -hmm. uh, article you read. And, you know, what does that look like? So essentially... Um, 500 calories, most of the time they'll recommend to break it into three meals still. So maybe 100 mm -hmm. calories for breakfast, 200 for lunch, 200 for dinner. Um, what does 100 calories look like? A very small amount of maybe Greek yogurt with some sultanas and nuts. Um, mm -hmm. 150 calories is like a chicken miso soup, a uh, small bowl. <laughs> and I say small because most people are thinking, oh, awesome, I can tuck in. And it's relatively small portion sizes. Um, yeah. You know, it might be a couple of boiled eggs. Um, like, for example, a mandarin's 50 calories at some points, depending on which seasonal, how fresh and how, uh, you know, uh, yeah. ripe it is. So it's really, I guess if it's something you're interested in, you, you have to do your homework to work out what 100 calories look like, what 200 calories look like. Um, and other people will choose to have one meal of 500 calories and then they'll use water as the, the tide in between or, you know, herbal teas and things like that. So there's zero calories in that. Honestly, I personally have never done intermittent fasting. I'll uh, I'll call myself out right now because it's not something I've ever been attracted to. Sure. I've done fasting fasting, you know, for prolonged yeah. periods of fasting. Um, I've done juice fasting. I've done water fasting. But I haven't actually done uh, intermittent fasting and not for any other reason um, other than it's just kind of not come across my, my lifestyle pattern. But mind you, the more I researched, I think, well, I wouldn't mind doing it. I think indirectly i do this quite often um yes when you mm -hmm. don't intentionally do it but you feel good your energy is good and you'll go to 10 o'clock before you start your meals and you know you've i eat we might eat dinner around six o'clock with my son so really in some ways it's kept that window just like we're talking about of that eight hours a day which leads <laughs> me on to the 16 8 so then there's another form of fasting and that's where Ash, can i just interrupt for a yeah, second yeah, yeah. can i ask though do you eat when you're sleeping 
no, 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 no. And don't <laughs> so you eat, and not natu- at times when I'd want to be sleeping either. So you are naturally intermittent fasting every day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you definitely, you definitely are doing it. Um, just the timing around that is different. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is where, um, you know, this is probably the thing that helps people overcome like the nighttime snacking habits, um, yes. particularly for people who are busy, maybe having shift work and things like that. They start to realize that the unstructured eating habits are killing their metabolism. So they need to bring some structure back. And this is where intermittent fasting can be so beneficial um, to restructure and control uh, the timelines in which we're eating. So the yeah. 16-8 is all about eating your calories, um, your daily calories within a time window of around eight hours or six to eight hours, depending on your personal choices. And it means then you fast for the remaining 16 hours. So that's where that 16-8 comes from. And that could look like, say, 10 to 6. It could be 11 to 7. But they definitely recommend you don't eat after around 7 o'clock in the evening um, yeah. because the intention is to do exactly what we always recommend, join the 10 p.m. club. So you need to have that window of at least a couple of hours before bedtime that you haven't consumed any calories. So um yeah that basically means eat earlier for a lot of people which is where how funny is that like we talk about a grandparents generation they were like meal on the table 6 30 you know just that kind of like indirectly they were doing the perfect intermittent fast almost on a daily basis um exactly and then i think that we've just you know totally overcomplicated it um we work longer we work later we have um you know after work curricular activities you know we have things that might involve you know more study we might be doing you know exercise and not eating until we get home from the gym it might be there's lots of reasons and i know most people i most people i talk to most people are eating around 7 30 at night yeah and actually i know for us because we often don't finish with patients until seven o'clock at night exactly. anyway so by the time we get home have dinner even though um you know the actual preparation of the meal might only take you know 20 minutes or so um thank you dinner twist um, <laughs> it's still you know still may not be eating um until eight o'clock at night which is certainly not ideal for my metabolism. I know that, but it's kind of unavoidable at the moment mm. uh, just with, you know, our work schedule, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but for me, I do try and intermittent fast uh, at least twice a week. So on a Wednesday and a Saturday morning, just because those are the days that I see patients in the mornings, um, I'll try, I usually don't have my first meal um, or first food, usually until about 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, And I'll often break the fast with um, some good fats. So um, usually with, you know, maybe just a handful of um, macadamia nuts or something like that, um, so that I'm not giving my system, you know, this big insulin spike straight away. Brilliant. Um, and that might just be something little just to get me through the rest of the, my shift with patients and then I'll eat a proper meal once I finish. Mm. Um, or it might be like a bit of a um, – I might use some, you know, good vegan protein with a bit of almond milk um, or something something along those lines mm. um, just depending on, um, you know, how the day is looking and how much energy I actually need. <laughs> uh, well, that kind of fits in with the um, Dave Asprey approach, which is he's, you know, made his own little catchy title of the Bulletproof Intermittent Fasting Protocol which is essentially the same as the 16-8. Um, but what he does, he just 
uh, throws in there a bulletproof coffee in the morning to to tide over any hunger or any uh, issues regarding insulin uh, upon waking. So that's obviously bulletproof coffee, good dose of MCT and uh, good fats in there. So that just fuels the brain for the morning. So if anyone struggles with the idea of, you know, not, not eating before 10 or 11 o'clock, then something like that can sometimes be uh, a little little tied over until you get to the, uh, the proper introduction of foods. But, you know, that's one of them. And then, of course, there's the Eat Stop Eat protocol. And this is another one, which is where you restrict all your food for 24 hours and you do that once or twice a week. So, ladies, you can see there's a couple of different options there, um, at least four. There could be a lot more. Um, and interestingly, this is where I'm going to break the bad news. I don't want to do it. I, I was kind of like, do I do it? Do I, you know, kill the buzz? Um, do I do it at the end? Do I do it in the middle? Because I'm just like, I know this is going to be a buzz kill anyway. <laughs> Nah, hit us with it. Hit What's with the it? bad news? Okay, so look, um, released by the German Cancer Research Centre, November 6, 26, 2018. Um, and long story short is that the study they did uh, following um, a group of people in the study and essentially the outcomes were that intermittent fasting whilst helps promote improved health and also helps to lose weight it is not superior to conventional calorie restricted diets so interesting yeah they they, and this is the largest um, investigation done to date on intermittent fasting so there are so many Mm. pathways to health uh, ash what year was that published 2018 damn november 26 2018 so it's actually very recent because I looked at two systemic, uh, systematic reviews and mm-hmm. a meta-analysis from 2017 mm-hmm. saying that um, so intermittent fasting or like continuous energy restriction, which is essentially just reducing your, your calories consistently, um, were essentially comparable. Um, sorry. Ah, damn. That's yeah. okay. Um, That's so okay. This is, isn't this so amazing that just depending on uh, how good your research skills are will um, just – allow you to have um i guess reader bias so for me i'm really just going yeah yeah that's good yeah, um, it, but look, it's it still does not say that intermittent fasting is not incredibly beneficial. It's just saying it's not the only way and the results can be comparable. So I thought that was really interesting because what this is was a, a one-year-long study, which is quite a long study in terms of research, with 150 overweight and obese participants. So, um, you know, study size, not a massive number of people, but to keep that many people in a study for a year long, that's quite an achievement. Um, they called when it, it comes to, you know, dieting and calorie restriction, that's for sure. Yeah, and they called it the Helena study, H-E-L-E-N-A, if anyone wants to look it up for uh, further information. So, yeah, I just thought um, throw that there now just so you know that, ladies, if you're fixated on this idea that um, an IF, intermittent fasting, is going to be the gold, you know, pass to everything you've ever dreamt of, just remember no one diet fits for everybody. So this is just one Mm -hmm. of the many um, and this is one of the better of the many. So it's definitely on, you know, our list of top four possibilities, um, but it's not the only one and it's not superior. So I think that's, you know, kind of good to know. So let's talk about some of the benefits because why did this study show that it's absolutely beneficial, what occurred, what actually happens, um, and what are the main things that, you know, you can expect when you do intermittent fast? And I think obviously the number one thing is weight loss because um, – just by calorie restriction, it's that, you know, age-old adage, calories in, calories out. If you keep your calories low and you maintain a nice sort of mobile daily activity, then you're going to meet your energy needs and obviously 
if you consume excess calories and you don't use enough of them, then you're going to store them in a simplified, mm. you know, picture. Um, so that's the number one yeah. thing. And for However, me, it's- we definitely yeah. do not recommend, um, you know, severe calorie restriction, no. especially not for a long time, because that no. does all sorts of really screwy things to our gut and our hormones and everything else. Well, that then moves into mm. the starv- starvation model, doesn't it? So then we have these mm. protective pathways in our body, which we've discussed in other episodes. I recall, you know, having this conversation. Um, and that's when it starts to trigger off our stress responses, our stress hormones, because our body perceives us to be in a state of detrimental, you know, health experience, which puts us into, you know, survival mechanisms. Um, so we don't want you to be in survival, which, which is why intermittent fasting is calorie restrictive for certain periods of time or for certain yes. days, but not as a consistent daily 500 calories, for example. It's not a low calorie diet. It is an eating pattern. And that is the difference. Um, Ash, just out of curiosity, have you actually like anecdotally seen a patient that has done well on the five and two diet? Just yes. anecdotally? Yes, you absolutely. Have? Okay. I've actually um, seen lots who've done really well on the five and two. And I know people who've been able to manage, um, maintain after substantial weight loss. So for example, goals of weight loss, like 20, 30, you know, 40 upwards yeah, of 50 okay. kilos. And that's their maintenance protocol. And I think it's been showing to be really, really effective for these people because I found that I'm probably thinking of four or five, you know, just visually of who I'm thinking of and they've okay. maintained that for for some years now so um and that's the protocol I chose and I thought oh is that interesting but then they used a ketogenic diet to get the rapid weight loss and then they went yes. to like a five and two for maintenance and I thought how cool is that interesting mm. okay um because I have only seen men do well on the five and two diet Mm. Uh, but that's just been my anecdotal experience. So anyway, um, let's talk about the pros of uh, intermittent fasting at the moment. So what we know is that it it decreases your insulin because, you know, you're obviously restricting the times that you're actually consuming food and then reflexively you're having an increase in your glucagon, but also things like your growth hormones. Uh, and this is a lot of this stuff comes from um, Dr. Volta Longo, who is the director of long, the director at the Longevity Institute of the University of Southern California. So he talks a lot about intermittent fasting such a clever dude so feel free to go and um you know do a little google and stalk him a little bit um i know i have been but it improves your like your glucose handling um homeostasis um it also is going to boost energy um i think i talked about growth hormones already um and one of the reasons why that happens is when we're in a fasted state it boosts a whole bunch of things that aid with um, essentially like cellular um, like uh, program die-off or and, and then the regeneration of that as well, which is what also helps to increase, you know, growth hormones too. Um, so that is, you know, the wonder drug that lots of women are paying an absolute fortune for and you can actually get that just with um, some intermittent fasting, which I think is amazing. Uh, with that lowered um, insulin levels, that's also decreasing systemic inflammation as well and reduces your oxygen oxidative stress for your system. Um, and then the, I guess the, um, quantitative sort of results that you could see from that might be decreased blood pressure, um, obviously decreased weight on the scales. Uh, people have noted that it increases their brain function. Um, it increases their resistance to age related conditions like, um, you know, autoimmune disorders, uh, heart disease, stroke, Alzheimer's. I haven't seen research on that, but, uh, you know, 
this is just what the, the general talk that's going around in the scientific community, as is, you know, the question as to whether or not there's a improvement with things like cancer markers and that sort of stuff too. And we'll just put the caveat there. A lot of the studies that, um, you know, we've referenced and researched as well, uh, we're still a little bit short on human-based studies. A lot of it comes mm-hmm. from uh, yes. rat, rat studies. So we do want to, you know, clarify that, you know, the studies that showed, for example, extension of lifespan, they haven't done that on humans, but they did do it on rat models, um, you know, rats literally, but the model, you know, of the study was designed around rats. Um, yes. And they're the ones that showed, you know, results anywhere from 38 to 83% longer lifespan. So the hypothesis is that when you reduce inflammation, when you improve your insulin handling, reduce insulin resistance, um, you have now a body which is better able to adapt to environmental and chemical and physical and emotional stresses. So and therefore, the, the studies show that you may have, you know, improvements in things that would normally, you know, kill us earlier, such as type 2 diabetes, heart disease, cancer. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's really promising. I can't wait to see some some longer studies. I think the Helena study was interesting. I'd like to see uh, something beyond the year mark because we know you can't completely flip chronic mm. health conditions on their head in one single year. You can certainly change the biomarkers that you can monitor, such as inflammation, such as insulin, but you definitely won't reverse chronic disease in 12 months. Um, yeah. In most cases, I'll say definitely that's a bit categoric isn't it but you know i think the general consensus is that it's not going to be reversed in a single 12 month window there certainly takes a lot longer than that so i'm kind of excited i hope that the helena study is continued and i hope they keep looking at it uh you know over the next two five ten year as you know revisiting those uh people to see if they were able to reverse chronic disease as well um, we'll post that online for uh, anyone who Ten wants years to from now. nerdy with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, so just as there's, you know, not, not it's not, um, oh, what am, what's the words I'm looking for? It's not too good to be true. No, uh, true. There are, there are certainly some cons for intermittent fasting. And one of the big things is simply just thinking about it practically. It, it may change your normal social eating behaviours. And one of my favourite meals to actually go out for is breakfast, um, you know, or even brunch, you know, with Dean and, and the dogs on a Sunday morning, you know, that that's our thing. So, and Dean likes to eat early in the morning. That's good for his metabolism. He's totally happy to do that. So, you know, th- that's that's what we do and I love it. And it's a ritual that I'm quite attached to as well. And I think having brekkie with friends is probably my favorite meal to enjoy with them as well. It doesn't quite cut it if you're just having like a jasmine tea. <laughs> um, so it can absolutely change your social eating behaviors. Um, initially, people might experience, uh, you know, quite low blood sugar levels, which can make them hangry. Um, so really hungry and angry, they'll have low energy and they can be really unproductive as well and can certainly affect moods. Um, But this can also be if uh, maybe they're doing things a bit too quickly. Um, Some people can tend to binge as well. Um, So I have seen this anecdotally as well. Some women who've tried intermittent fasting, they might have gone a bit too hard, too fast and tried to be restrictive for too long. So they may not try and eat their first meal until, um, you know, the the actual sun goes down and then they'll consume all of their calories over the next sort of two hours. And what tends to happen is that they just, their blood sugar levels get way too low during the day. They can't maintain good energy levels. So their metabolism really, really drops, but then they binge for those few hours that they're eating and usually they're not making good health choices. Um, So that can be pretty devastating for some people. 
Um, and then with that, it can also be this idea that you're consuming too large a volume of food in too short a time period, which may not be that effective for our migrating motor complex of our bowels. Um, so, you know, that can have be a bit of an issue on our digestive system for some people. And the caveat that I also put on this is absolutely using caution for women. So if you're pregnant, you should not be intermittent fasting. Um, this will absolutely make things worse for you. Um, or breastfeeding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's gonna breastfeeding change, women yeah, as well. Massive challenge with milk supply there. So I definitely do not recommend for breastfeeding. And look, Harvard Medical also recommends uh, if you're in an active stage of growth, many if you're an adolescent. So it can have yes. an impact on growth and development. Um, and, of course, if you're on any medications that require food intake, you need to exactly. be very and cautious. And supplements as well that require yeah, food intake. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, of course, if there's any history or, or tendency towards unhealthy um, self-restriction, such as anorexia or bulimia nervosa, then it's certainly not to be recommended because, unfortunately, it does enhance your fixation on foods um, and exactly. it may you know, promote or foster unhealthy behaviours around that food. So we do you know, always say, like everything, like you said, it's, uh, if it's too good to be true, it may be, but there's always people that it's going to work beautifully for. Um, if you've tried it, gosh, I'd love to know, you know, how you found it or do you find it something you can continue doing? Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to try it now. I think I'll, I'll actually trial it for a short period of time because just to see, just the curiosity more than anything, because I was reading going, in some ways, I really only have to stretch, you know, my meal two hours difference and I'm pretty much fitting into the six and eight protocol anyway. So, yeah. And let's talk about maybe some options of where to start for women. Um, the other thing yeah. that I just wanted to mention as well, uh, for menstruating women, particularly in that pre-menstrual time or when you do have your period, you may may notice that this is a little bit more difficult because your energy requirements are going to be different too. So I think the biggest thing that we can recommend with intermittent fasting, particularly as a starting point, is simply listen to your body. Um, so uh, for um, you know women, the sweet spot is definitely the 16 and 8 protocol. This seems to be when we get the most amount of benefit. Um, however, don't try and go there straight away. Um, so you know that, like what Ash said, that might look like your last meals at 6 p.m and then you don't eat till 10 a.m. the next day. But don't just try and go there um, without preparing yourself for this. So try really, really slowly. That might be simply seeing if you can go a few hours between your meals. Now, some people can't even do that. So ideally, you should have the metabolic flexibility and the blood sugar levels to handle five hours between your meals. So see if you can start with a few and then work up to five hours. Um, and then once you get to that point, it's a, it's much safer to then try pushing back breakfast a little bit um, or simply have your last meal of the evening a little bit earlier. What do you think, Ash? Love it. I, look, I just think start simple with anything, you know, if you're making a lifestyle change or dietary change, just keep it something really simple and achievable. So I think the time restriction is really, you know, the best way to do it first and foremost. Um, but like you said, if, for example, um, you're a person who has socialization, you know, social morning breakfast with friends and you know work meetings and things like that you know that that's the end of the day that you tend to need to uh, socialize for food then you might find that like a 7 or 8 a.m start with a 3 or 4 p.m you know finishing meal is the way to go for you other people will be able to get to 10 a.m till 6 so i think just be flexible yeah. you know build it into your lifestyle and realize that um the key there is something you can continue to achieve to do, not something that's so painful to do that you're going to quit because anything that's too challenging, we, we inevitably give up on or we, we, you know, let slip because it is not meant to be a, a, a displeasure every day. You know, you'd like to wake up and think, oh, God, here we go again. Um, no, we want you to have fun with it. I think the key, though, like you've just said, that five hour between meals, avoid snacking. 
and don't eat at mm-hmm. night. Like that's if you keep, even yes. if you started there, just stop snacking and didn't eat at night, wouldn't that be a massive change already? Um, it's already going to promote improved insulin, you know, handling straight away. So that could be where you want to start. Mm. So, and exactly as you said then, Ash, so if you are eating beyond your body's natural kind of metabolic window, for so for example, if you're having brekkie at six o'clock in the morning, but then your last meal at night might be 9 p.m. and then you're having, you know, dessert at 9.30 or something like that. So you, you're already going well beyond eating for like a 12-hour period. What we know is that decreases your insulin sensitivity. So your blood glucose levels are going to be higher. Your fasting blood glucose levels are going to be higher. You're going to start storing fatty acids into your adipose tissue. And then if you're eating later in the evening as well, you're actually resetting or you could be resetting your metabolic circadian window so that your body actually thinks that, you know, oh, it's time to start eating again. It ramps up your metabolism at night and then you wake up in the morning wanting to kickstart that and everything's out of whack. So just remember that just as with your sleep circadian rhythm, you also do have that metabolic window um, and this is part of that premise of intermittent fasting. Um, But everybody's a little bit different. So we would love to hear from you if you've found kind of a sweet spot for you. Is it, say, fasting for 16 hours and eating for eight? Can you get to five hours between your meals? We want to know, is there a bliss point for you? So, ladies, we'd love to hear from you. Um, remember, you can find us on the social media, um, so facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women, or we are at The Wellness Women official on Instagram. Um, make sure you um, communicate with us. So you can email us at info at thewellnesswomen.com.au. Remember, you can absolutely consult with us if you need specific guidance to to, um, so email us on those um, those options. And just the last thing there, it just makes me smile. Intermittent fasting is not a free-for-all that you can eat all the wrong foods on the days that... Uh, <laughs> yeah, good thinking. That uh, you know, is definitely it's, a very good point. Yeah, it's still promoting a predominantly plant-based whole foods diet and lifestyle that, uh, you know, promotes health and well-being. So be sensible with your food selections, even if you are intermittent fasting. It's not just a, a free-for-all when you're doing intermittent fasting because calorie restriction is wonderful but it's more to do with the quality of those calories, right? So absolutely. And I think on that note, uh, ladies, until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.